Well, good morning. Obviously, I'm not Brother Philip. I'm slightly taller and a little less hair. But uh, anyway, it's, I appreciate the church giving me the opportunity to fill in, and especially to Brother Philip. Not that he's sick, but he had asked me a few weeks ago to think about when he, when, when he wanted me, to, or when I wanted to preach, and I said, you just tell me whenever you need me. So he, he's sick, so we need to pray for him. And I believe Emma's tonsils weren't able to be out this week, so they've rescheduled for sometime in February. So, All right, if you have your Bibles, did he give you the scripture, Randy? Okay, for Carol. Okay, so if you would go to Mark chapter 4. And, uh, ooh, bright red. Well, that may not be red there, but it's red back there. Today we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God grows. And Jesus gives uh, two, two examples <clears throat> in the scripture here of a growing seed and, uh, and then particularly of the mustard seed. Uh, no salt, right, you said. Who did you do that to? Was that Brother Joel? Okay. Do y'all remember that when Kenny got Jack done, the salt water? Let me see what... Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't trust him. He's a, he's a practical joker or can be. Do what? All right. Let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house to worship and to sing praises to you, and Lord, for the men to pray, and to, for Lord, for each of us to pray to you for your guidance and, and direction in our lives, and Lord, continue to bless the church, and Lord, we lift up the slaughters, be especially with Philip as he's sick, and be with the little Emma as she has her tonsils and adenoids out here in, a, in about a month, and just pray that they would get well and all that they'd be able to do that. And Lord, speak to us today by your word, Lord, not necessarily my words, but the words from your holy scriptures, that Lord, we would be challenged to, to seek the kingdom, to enter into it and press into it, Lord, and to, to seek for it to be brought here on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, speak to us today. Thank you most of all for your marvelous salvation through your son, Jesus, and we pray it all in his name. When we talk about kingdoms, uh, <clears throat> I posted a couple things on Facebook, if you saw it. I posted a little bit about what I was going to be preaching on. I post, posted the two, the two uh, scriptures, and I made a couple little comments. Uh, the first one is, you know, earthly ki the kingdom of God is not like the kingdoms of earth, right? Y'all know that. Uh, earthly kingdoms can be explained geographically. They have boundaries. Uh, you have uh, political things that go on, whether it's a king or a monarch or uh, a president or a prime minister or an ayatollah or whatever, whatever it is that's ruling. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but the kingdom of God is very different. Again, no geographical boundaries, uh, no armies, no standing army, although I guess you could say, like I said, it's got the greatest spiritual army there is. Uh, it has no way to move the physical kingdoms of our time, yet it has no need to because God is certainly omnipotent, right? He can do, he is sovereign. God's ways will come to pass. So if you would, the scripture, we'll be looking at the first, down to verse 29 to start. 
And he said, the kingdom of God is if, is if a man scatter, should, scatter, should scatter seed on the ground and, he should, and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts the sickle, or puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. See, when, when you go out and plant a garden, and you put the seed in the ground, what happens? You, you put it in the ground, you put a little fertilizer on it, you cover it, you'll, you'll water it, or the rain comes. And then, after a few days, what happens? That little, that little seed dies, and the little seedling pops up. And so... <clears throat> Jesus says in the same way, he says the kingdom of God is like a man scattering the seed and it, the guy goes to sleep and he gets up every day, but then one day the seed, the, the seed has sprouted. See, the, the seed grows in secret. We don't see the seed germinating. We don't see it dying and, and bringing forth the sprout. It does its own thing down there unobserved in the earth and then here comes the stalk and then the the let's say it's an ear of corn, and then the corn grows inside the ear, and then <clears throat> the harvest comes. That's what Jesus is talking about. Uh, so, the first thing I want you to see is that the kingdom does grow in secret. First uh, Peter chapter 1, and I don't have these verses on the, on the overhead, but First Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25, the scripture says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withers, the grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Previously, back in, in Mark chapter 4, in the first verse, which we're not going to take, or actually in the third verse, we're not going to take time to look at it because it's a whole different parable. Jesus tells the parable of the sower, where the sower throws the seed out and it lands on four different types of soil. And Jesus, as he explains the parable, says that the seed is the word of God. So God's word is going to abide forever. And that's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1. God's kingdom is growing uh, in secret and it doesn't, nothing's going to stop it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Starting in verse 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We all know that, right? There's nothing spiritually we can do to enhance people's life. It's only by God's grace, through God's word, by God's power. And, but, but we get to be the instrument or the tool that God uses to go and, and spread that seed. He says, so then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own award <clears throat> according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. So God's kingdom is growing in secret. Again, we don't, and we can't explain it, right? It's one of those mysteries. God is at work all over the world. His, his Holy Spirit is drawing people to Christ. Uh, there's revivals going over on, on in some of the third worlds over there, uh, third world countries, and it's by God's power and it's by God's grace. And the gospel is going out to those nations. <clears throat> All right, the next thing I want you to see, not only does God's 
kingdom grow in secret, and we've already touched on this, it grows only in God's power. Verse 28, if you'll go back to that, Randy, one back, got back one. It says, the earth produces uh, it by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. So the seed is planted, the earth, the ground, from it springs forth uh, the blade, the little stalk of grass, or the, of the, in this case, the ear of corn, and then it starts growing, and it comes into full, uh, to full bloom, and, and the fruit is there, or the, plant, uh, the vegetables there. In Isaiah chapter 61, we won't take time to look at the whole chapter, but it is it, talking about what God is doing to restore uh, his people and, and as, as Christ has come. It says, The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Why did Jesus come? Well, he came to save us, right? But he also came to bring the kingdom. And we're going to talk more about that here in a minute when we talk about the mustard seed. The kingdom of God is growing. Do you all believe that? Jesus said it's here. It's, it is among us. And so when Jesus came, he went into Nazareth and he took the scroll of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 61 where it says, God has anointed me to preach the good news. To, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. <clears throat> and so Jesus is fulfilling that uh, as he's sharing these parables here in Mark's gospel. He also goes on to say that Christ came to, to, mourn all, to, to, excuse me, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. Again, it's God's doing, isn't it? As the kingdom of God grows, it's by God's power. It's not by our power. Uh, let me skip on down to the last verse of Isaiah. And again, the, uh, this would be a one for you to go home and read, but Isaiah chapter 61, verse 11. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden brings excuse me, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. There's a day coming when every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess, right? To the glory of God. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess to the power, or to, to, the, the, to, to, to claim who Jesus is. Um, so the seed is laid in the earth and it rises uh, not by our power, but by the power of God. And then verse 29. The kingdom comes with victory. The harvest is assured. When the grain is ripe, at once the farmer or the sower puts in his sickle because the harvest has come. What's the whole point in planting the seed or planting the seeds? It's to get the harvest. That's what, that's what the, growing the kingdom is about. We go, we share the good news, we plant the seeds so that there'll be a harvest. Uh, the kingdom comes in victory. The harvest is assured. Not only does God's kingdom grow in secret in God's power, but God's aim and purpose is to be triumphant. Be patient. The harvest is coming. 
Uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 8 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday to the return of Christ. It's like that song we sang, the King is coming. You know, thank God he's coming someday, isn't he? Could be, could be today. If you would go into, go into Mark chapter, excuse me, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Jesus is going through Samaria. And he stops and talks to a woman at the well there. The disciples have gone into town to look for food. And Jesus has revealed to himself, or revealed to the woman that he himself is the Messiah, the one that is promised, because she's wanting to talk about where to worship and all this stuff. Uh, starting in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who, he who is called the Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all these things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. He revealed to her that he was the Messiah. <clears throat> Just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but no one said, what do you seek or what are you doing talking to her? So the woman left her water jar, went away into town, and she said to the people of the town, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Messiah? They went out of town and were coming to him. So get, get, I want you to see the picture. Here's a woman, a Samaritan, who would have been shunned by the Jews because the Samaritans had helped one of, God's, uh, one of God's enemies or hundreds of years ago. So they hated the Samaritans. Women were considered second-class citizens. And so Jesus, most Jews wouldn't have, most Jewish men wouldn't have stopped and talked to a, a, a Samaritan woman in the first place. Here Jesus is talking to the woman. He reveals who he is. She trusts that. She believes in him. She goes back to town, and she brings basically the whole town with her, everybody that would listen. And in the meantime, in verse 31, the disciples were saying to Jesus, teacher, eat. We brought some food back. We went to town, found some food. But Jesus says, I have food to eat that you don't know about, that you know not of. So the disciples said, who brought him something to eat? You know, where did he get this food? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his word. Do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. And at this... I, I, fig- I, I picture at this time, here comes the townspeople. And Jesus is telling to the disciples who are thinking physically about food. And Jesus says, think about the spiritual aspect. I, ha- I, have, I, have a, I have food to eat, which is to do the will of my Father, which is what? Which is to come and redeem people, to die on the cross for them. And so Jesus says, look, lift up your eyes. See the fields are white for harvest. Here come the Samaritans. Already the one who, who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life <clears throat> so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice <clears throat> together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony when she said, he told me, all that I ever did. What a, what a marvelous thing. The harvest is coming. Here was a harvest because of what Christ uh, had told the lady. Uh, 
So, the kingdom grows in secret, it, grow, it grows in God's power, and it is coming, it's going to be fulfilled. The harvest is coming. Thus ends the first example that Jesus gives of just the growing seed. Now, if we go to verse 30 of, of Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives another comparison. He says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it or to picture it? He said, it is like a grain of mustard seed. Uh, we've started a new adult uh, two Sunday school class down on this wing. And uh, the adult three class, which we've moved from, they're called the salt class, studying and learning together. And so since they took salt, we took mustard. So we're, we're the mustard seed class. So uh, if you're in that age group and don't have a Sunday school, to co- a Sunday school class that you're already part of, come, come join us in adult two. So a little, little plug for Sunday school there. But we are the mustard seeds. He says, it's like a mustard seed, which, is, which when it is sown in the ground, it is smaller than all the seeds on earth. <clears throat> but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So here Jesus gives a specific example, not just of a seed going in and then like the blade and the stalk, the ear of corn coming up. Here he's saying it's like taking the mustard seed, the lowly little mustard seed, putting it in the ground. And that mustard seed, even though it's one of the smallest seeds that you can plant, he says it grows up to a, into a plant. It, he calls it a tree, but it, it's more like a big bush. But he says it's so big that even the birds can come nest in it. God's kingdom. In Luke chapter 11, <clears throat> Jesus said to uh, the religious people, he had cast out demons. And the religious people said, he's casting out Satan by Satan. And Jesus said this in Luke 11, starting in verse 17. He, knowing their thoughts, said, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Behold, you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But listen to what Jesus said. To him. He says, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit of God. He said, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, he said, then surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, there are people that teach that the kingdom of God is coming. Jesus says the kingdom of God has come. You believe that? kingdom of God is not coming. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus said, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes them from his armor, in which he, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Jesus, when he talks about the strong man being spoiled, he's talking about Satan. Jesus said, Satan has been wreaking havoc on the earth with, with, the, with the, the, the diseases and the demonic possessions that were going on during Jesus' time. But Jesus said, I'm casting, them, I'm casting those spirits out by the finger of God. This, this, the kingdom of God has come, and he says, Satan is strong. He's a strong man. He's got all this stuff. But he says, but a stronger one has come and has spoiled his possessions. Amen? Christ is the victor. Christ is the strong one. Um, 
Brother Philip preached on this a, a month or two ago, where he, where he sent out the 70, or the 72, whichever your translation says. Um, and Luke's got, again in Luke chapter 10, when they came back, Jesus, or when they sends them out, Jesus says, when you enter a city and they receive you, he says, you know, eat, and if they don't, then kick the dust off. He says, and you heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near. That mustard seed, it's growing. Uh, it's still growing today, isn't it not? The kingdom of God is still growing in our world. I want you all to know that. You know, it, it grows in secret. It grows by God's power. It, it's a harvest is coming someday, but the kingdom is here. The kingdom is growing. Um, in Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> starting in verse 12, Paul says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us uh, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. We've been taken from the kingdom of darkness and we've been brought into the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God's dear Son. Uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And if you skip down to verse 17 of Colossians 1, it says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the church, or head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Is there anything in this world greater than the Lord Jesus Christ? He's our Savior. He's our Creator. He's the one who loved us enough to die for us. And yet, He is the one who is all-powerful. That Satan trembles at the name of Jesus. Um, and, every, and in everything, Jesus has the preeminence. Uh, the kingdom of God is, 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 has come, but let me ask you another question. Has it, has it come in its fullness? No. It hadn't, has it? One day, praise God, when Jesus returns, when that song becomes true, when everything stops and there's no more commerce going on, and Jesus returns, guess what? The kingdom will have come in its fullness. And Christ is ruling and reigning now, is he not? Through, through his people. And if you come back tonight, we're going to Tonight's sermon is a different passage, but it's kind of the same topic. It's the contrast of our kingdoms here on earth and the and the kingdoms uh, or the and the kingdom of God. Uh, <clears throat> so the kingdom is here, but it's not here in all its fullness. In Revelation chapter eleven, verse fifteen, when the seventh angel sounds the trumpet, it says there are great voices in heaven saying. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Don't you long for that day? When, when every kingdom of this world, every kingdom here, will become the kingdom of, of Christ. Again, Christ is ruling and reigning. He is seated. Folks, he is seated at the right hand of power right now. Jesus is in heaven, ruling and reigning from the right hand of God. That is the seat of authority. But one day, he's bringing all that authority to, to here. And everything's going to be fixed. 
everything that's broken, everything that's messed up because of sin and what Adam did and what you and I have done, it's all going to be made. It's all going to be made right. Uh, but lest we forget, remember, the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this world. It's not of this world. When Jesus is has been arrested and he's standing before Pontius Pilate, and uh, Pilate says to him, or excuse me, Jesus says to Pilate, my kingdom's not of this world. He says, if it were of this world, my servants would fight so that I would not have been delivered to the Jews. But he says, but my kingdom is not from here. And so Pilate said to him, are you a king? And Jesus said, you you say rightly rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. For everyone who hears, excuse me, for everyone who is of the truth, hears my voice. Jesus is the king, and his kingdom is not of this world. Let me close with this. Or, uh, yeah, I've still got a couple pages. We're not going to close yet. Uh, it, it, and again, tonight we're going to be talking more about this. But think about earthly kingdoms. You know, there's a day coming. If, if, if Jesus tarries and coming, back, and, and coming back for another 50, 100 years or 50 or 100 years or whatever, America may not be here. Or the America that we know may not be like it is, right? America's been a country for well over 200 years. Most, most, most nations on earth only last about 300 years. And then they're, they either they decay from within like we're doing now in America and just like the Roman Empire did, just like all the... Just like Egypt, just like uh, the Greeks, just like all the great empires, they've, they've all crumbled. They've all, they've all ceased to be great. <clears throat> There's a day coming, again, if, if Jesus tarries, that America won't be as great as it is. We may, we may be speaking Russian or Chinese or whatever. Who knows? But again, that's, that's a whole other story. But kingdoms rise and fall here on earth. But guess what? Jesus' kingdom is eternal. In, in the book of Daniel... King Nebuchadnezzar had, had a dream, uh, and he, uh, he said, or excuse me, and so Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar uh, had this dream, and in it, uh, he could see like this, uh, one, one thing he saw was like the, a statue, gold head, silver body, brass legs, feet of iron and clay, and uh, when Daniel explains to him what it is, he tells them, um, that, you know, that's the kingdoms that were coming. He says, you're the, you're the golden head, Nebuchadnezzar. But he also says when you get down to the, to the toes, the legs, the toes that were of, of dirt and, and iron, clay and iron, he said, uh, at, when that kingdom's here, talking about the Roman Empire, he said there's a rock, he sees a rock that's, that's cut out of the mountain, with, but it wasn't cut out by human hands, and it comes and it smashes the, the feet and toes of that, of that, uh, that statue. And that's when Christ came. Christ came and he's, he's, he has broken into this world. His kingdom is growing. His kingdom is, is advancing. Earthly kingdoms are going to fall. But Daniel, or excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar uh, has this vision and he says, and this is in Daniel 7, verses uh, 13 and 14. He says, I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all, pe- all peoples, 
All nations and all languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. That rock which is cut out of the mountain, not by human hands, that rock is Jesus. And he is breaking every kingdom on earth to his will. So Jesus tells his disciples, he says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's small. When Jesus came, how did he come? Did he come, did he just appear on the scene dressed in royal, dressed in royal raiment with a golden crown on his head, with a huge sword, with a, with a mighty army and with a, a huge entourage? No, he came, he was born in a filthy stable in the place where you feed animals, Right? to a man and a woman who were nobodies, right? They weren't anybody important other than descendants of David, but, that's a, but they were nobody in the society. So the kingdom of God had a small beginning like that mustard seed, right? Uh, and Jesus came in, in that, in that, with that humility, and he tells us to be humble too. Uh, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus reminds the disciples, he says, the kingdom doesn't just come barreling in, right? He says to them, he says, do not seek, verses, uh, this is Luke 12, 29 through 32. He says, do not seek that which you should eat or what you should drink. Do not have an anxious mind for, the, for, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God. And, the, and these things will be added to you. And then he, then he adds us on at the end. He says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're part of the kingdom. We've been given the kingdom. We've been given the right to go and share how to enter the kingdom, have we not? To be able to share with people that Christ is the king. He is the the one who died for his people. What does a kingdom have? It has subjects. Well, it has a king, first of all, but it has subjects, and that's us. And so he's asked us to go and to make other subjects. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, let me move on. Uh, so the kingdom of heaven came with a small beginning. It is sown in the earth. And, the, and it's interesting, the, the, the word here that Jesus uses for the earth he doesn't, use, he doesn't just say it's the ground. He said it's the earth. It's this place we live. So the seed is planted in not the ground per se, but in the whole world. And, it, and that mustard seed is growing up over the whole world. Uh, <clears throat> the kingdom of God is not intended for one people group, Right? It's not intended for the poor or the middle class or the rich or the white or the brown or the black or the yellow or the red, right? It's for everybody. Again, it has no, no geographical boundaries. Uh, it's, for, it's not for just one group. It has been planted in the earth. Uh, <clears throat> and even though it starts out small, Jesus said that mustard seed starts out as a small Seed. He says, when it is sown and grows up, it becomes larger than all the garden plants. It puts out large branches so that the birds of the air 
can make nests in its shade. But in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord, the Lord God is, is talking to Egypt. Listen to what he says about Egypt. This is back in Ezekiel. He says to, to Egypt as it, as it is growing as a nation, he says, Therefore its height was exalted above all the trees of the field, its boughs were multiplied, and its branches became long because of the abundance of water. And as it sent them out, all the birds of the heavens made their nests in the boughs. Under its branches all the beasts of the field brought forth their young, and in its shadow all the great nations made their home. Uh, Egypt was one of the greatest nations to ever survive or to ever be on this, on this, you know, on this world, right? Back 2000, 3,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. Uh, but again, it, it disappeared. But when in its heyday, there was no nation greater than Egypt. And God describes it exactly the same way that he describes the, the mustard seed plant that grows up in order for all the birds to come nest in it. God's kingdom is big enough to hold everybody, isn't it? In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it says, After this I beheld, and behold, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. The scene that, that, John, that John saw in heaven before the throne, he saw people from all tribes, all nations, all languages, worshiping Christ before the throne. God's kingdom is growing. God's kingdom is advancing. God's kingdom is greater than the, than the ancient Egypt. It's greater than anything. Uh, think about this. Within 40 years after Jesus was resurrected, he died on the cross, and on the third day he was raised. He stayed 40 days with his disciples, and then for, within 40 years, years after his death, the gospel had reached all the great cultural centers of the Roman world within 40 years. Um, and it also reached many of the lesser, uh, lesser out-of-the-way towns and villages. And since that time, the gospel has been spreading and will continue to spread until Jesus returns. Amen? And let's not forget the influence of, that Christianity has, ha has, has had in founding hospitals at universities, nearly every one of our Ivy League, Ivy League colleges on the East Coast were founded as Christian colleges. And now they don't even have Bible study. They don't even teach Bible there anymore. Nearly every Ivy League college was, was started as a Christian school. Uh, anyway, uh, you and I as believers in Christ are part of this glorious present kingdom. You and I are one of the birds nesting in the tree. Amen. Um, our responsibility is to live as faithful subjects of the merciful, gracious, all-powerful King of kings and Lord of lords. Because of Jesus' great love for us, we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And by abiding in Christ, he will strengthen us, his subjects, uh, his servants, and his, and his children to follow him and live for him if we're willing. Uh, <clears throat> don't grow weary in doing well, the scripture says. Have patience. Have faith. Keep on without ceasing doing all the things that you know to do for the glory of Christ.
Jesus is saying in these two parables, my father's work, my father's plans, and the purposes for the kingdom of God will not fail. I assure you, I have, I have confidence, as does the word of God, that the plans and purposes of God will never fail. The kingdom will grow. The, ki- the kingdom will continue to come. And as Philip has reminded us over the past several months too, we are ministers in the name of Jesus. Not, o- not only are we ministers, we are to live as kings and priests. Let me finish with this. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed is he that reads and hears the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace. From him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Let's let's purpose in our hearts today to live as those faithful subjects to Christ. I don't know what your need is today. The invitation today is is just simply to come to the altar and pray, or I'll be down front if you have a need, or if you want to come forward and join the church, or if you want to be saved, I I can show you from the scriptures how you can trust Jesus today for him to be your Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your kingdom. Lord, thank you that it is coming in power. And Lord, it is here. And Lord, help us to just love you and be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray.